politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for more independent conservative news, views, and analysis here at Blaze Media and where you guys go to find out that indeed there are other patriots in this country that think like you. We try to take those shy conservative voters and make them loud and proud. Um, you know, your emails to me really lift up my spirits and I hope vice versa uh, when you actually think you're not crazy and there are other people who still believe in common sense. The challenge we have is just getting a platform. And that's why we're seeing all this deplatforming, but actually getting a forum for our position to get out there, the other side of the story, the news that you don't hear, the perspective that you don't hear. This is where we are. This is why it is so, so important to continue supporting this program, to continue getting the truth. Now, folks, just to set the table for today, I want to open up with a story some of you might have seen that, in my view, exemplifies where we are in America, where we are as a political governing system, <clears throat> the outcome of the system, so many years into this post-American era, but really culminating in this wretched year of 2020. This is Yahoo News. Log off, log off. Teacher orders students when sexual assault live streamed during first graders' remote learning class. This is, of course, in Chicago. An 18-year-old man out on bond for a gun case was held without bail after he live-streamed himself during a, during a or performing, probably, a sexual act with a 7-year-old first grader on break from her Chicago Public Schools remote learning class on Thursday, prosecutors said. Cartel A. Walls of the West Chesterfield neighborhood of the South Side was arrested Thursday afternoon, shortly after 3.30 p.m., after he was seen molesting the girl. Police were made aware of the attack when the girl's teacher saw it on the computer screen during a Google Classroom e-learning session. Wall showed complete disregard of children and a wanton callousness for human life. Cook County Assistant State's attorney, Andriana <coughs> Toronto, told, uh, <coughs> told the judge. And basically, I mean, this... Like, like, you know, you had kids doing this Zoom session and all of a sudden, or Google chat, whatever it was, all of a sudden, they just saw this horrendous act being committed to a child, a young child on air. It was, it was just shocking. And I mean, you know, when you think you've seen and heard everything in life, uh, you know, you realize you were wrong and the floor could always go lower. But to me... In Chicago, a city with all this gun control against us, having a gun felon let out of prison, and then basically raping a first grade girl on a Zoom school session when kids should have been in school anyway, that to me exemplifies what America is and has become and ought not to be. The mixture of corona fascism and abuse of our children at the hands of government and the abuse of our children at the hands of criminals because our government is letting criminals go. I wonder if this guy was let go on his previous crime because of that very same 
coronavirus policy. The very same virus that is the impetus, that is being used as the pretext to lock down our kids, destroy a generation of emotional health, mental health, education. And obviously livelihood and economy is also being used as an excuse to let criminals out of jail. That is the America you and I are living in today. And if Trump wants to win re-election with you know, the days running out, he needs to message these two issues. Lockdown and crime. Lockdown and crime because they speak to the future of this country. They speak to where people are, the issues that matter in their lives. And it will take the focus off of his personality. If this election is about his personality, he obviously loses. If it's about the issues, he wins. And it needs to be about those issues. That's what he needs to talk about most in during, during the debate tomorrow night. And that's what he needs to really, in my view, he should have been doing this already. Every few days, he should give a primetime speech from the Oval Office. A seminal speech on crime, a seminal speech on lockdowns, and make very specific, concrete promises. You elect me, here's the direction we're moving in. And to talk about all the harms of crime and and violence and anarchy and the rioting from BLM, and to talk about all of the devastating effects of this lockdown that you and I have seen so, so evidently. And there's just so so many details we are going to see the amount of people that are going to die young from physical and mental ailments as a result of a policy to block a virus that it cannot block, to save lives that it cannot save. You know, everyone's talking about today, it's cute how finally, I guess because Reuters put this out, they talked about 300,000 excess deaths. So right away, the panic pornographers wanted to see, oh, so instead of 220,000 COVID deaths, is really 300,000 if you look at the excess deaths. But then they note what we've been noting with state-by-state data for many months, that the sharpest increase in excess deaths as a percentage is among 25 to 44-year-olds. So there's one thing you want to tell me, theoretically, it's believable to say, oh, we missed some COVID deaths. But they would be among people very elderly in nursing homes. Maybe we miss them. They wouldn't be young people. It would be harder to miss them. And also, it's just so unlikely that they died from it. Those are your lockdown deaths. We don't need to speculate. We see the data in every state and city. Most of them with 60 65% increases in drug overdoses and massive increases, sometimes doubling, in some places doubling and tripling, of suicides. That's where your excess deaths of younger folks is coming from. So people are finally figuring that out. Again, those are avoidable deaths, whereas the lockdown, whereas the virus deaths, which are mainly people in their final months and years of their life, unfortunately, there is no proven method of its efficacy. So that's with that. And folks, we have so much other information we're seeing. You see, you know, and Weiss put this out. I want to get him on the show. He is one of the most brilliant analysts at, at um, Rational Ground. He put out an amazing chart showing the five-year trend of all-cause deaths in Sweden. And you do not notice 
an anomalous period. You could see if you point out to someone, oh, that's where COVID was the spring of 2020, you'll see it's at the higher bounds of the baseline, but it's well within the baseline, the naked eye and the trend in the map he made, you can't really see it much. And they didn't do any of this and didn't suffer all of the harms. We suffered it for nothing. And a new issue of a new working paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research, October 2020, five authors, they found um we show that neither policy, when they say neither policy, they mean um, social distancing and all these other like stay-at-home orders. Neither policy nor rates of voluntary social distancing explain a meaningful share of geographic variation. In other words, as we've been saying all along, there is no correlation with better outcomes. So many of the places that had the worst outcomes imaginable had the strictest, longest um, lockdowns. They all had the mask mandates. And some of the places with the best outcomes, like Scandinavia, not just Sweden, but most of Scandinavia. Remember, mask wearing, according to the Council on Foreign Relations, was 3% in Sweden. In Finland and Denmark, it was 1%. So, you know, and their lockdowns were nothing like some of the other countries in continental Europe. So those outcomes go in our bucket. And then a lot of the places that had previously good outcomes, I want to talk about this a little bit. Guess what? Now they have bad outcomes. <laughs> And they're surging past ever. Remember when they're like, why is America horrible? Look at Europe. They did lockdowns right. And we noted at the time that America's lockdown was worse than most European countries. So it wasn't even a good analogy. But now Europe is surging past America. Israel, same story. Remember those Eastern European countries? All of them had great results. Now they don't. But you know, you're not allowed to say this anymore. Remember that paper I cited on Monday's show about really delving into the bacterial trap of masks and how they're going to spread bacteria and other harms to your lung system, your, your respiratory system in expelling and exfiltrating and how over time you're actually going to make people more susceptible to COVID. It was taken down from the ResearchGate website. Just wanted you to know what we're going to try to have one of the authors on the show. But as you watch what is going on and you wonder, what could we do to stop this censorship? Well, my answer to you is to support today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Censorship on social media is now the worst it's ever been because they cannot withstand the truth. They cannot withstand any scrutiny. Like a little bit of crack of light in that door that really illuminates that room. The difference between a door open and a crack versus zero is, is everything. So the difference of having just one or two papers, studies, resources, analysis that counters their agenda is the difference between the world. It makes a world of a difference. That's why they have to stifle it. But guess what? 
Guess what? Instead of letting social media sites revoke your right to speech, how about revoking their right to your data? You could just deactivate all your social media accounts. But, folks, why let them win? Use their accounts, but deny them access to your data. That's why I use ExpressVPN on all my uh, devices, hard, um, you know, desktop, laptop, mobile devices. Actually, I forgot to put it on my son's device for homeschooling, so I, I did that yesterday. But um, if you if you wonder how they get the data, it's from tracking your searches, your video history, everything you click on, and then they sell it. That's how they make money. When you use ExpressVPN, you basically make yourself anonymous online by hiding your VPN address. It makes it much harder for them to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to set up. It's just one button on your computer or phone. You're protected. You're done. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data, so it protects you from other hackers and phishing and other you know, viruses on your computer. It's finally time to say no to censorship. Take back your online privacy at ExpressVPN forward slash conservative. By visiting my special link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for totally free. Again, that is EXPRESSVPN.com slash conservative ExpressVPN forward slash conservative to protect your data today and take back freedom of speech from the fascists in Silicon Valley. And they don't want you to hear any of this. But guess what? The Czech Republic is the new poster child for the absurdity of mask wearing. So here's the background on Eastern Europe. They originally had very few cases, very few deaths, and it was pretty obvious to anyone with a brain that either it just wasn't their time. You know, that's that's what we find, that for whatever reason, the virus gets to certain places last. Remember, Eastern Europe is a lot more obscure than Western Europe or the United States in terms of the initial travel from China. So by the time they realized what was going on, there were fewer cases to begin with. So it's easier to stop the spread, um, at least initially. Um, or... Again, connected to that is none of us deny if you have a severe fascist North Korea style lockdown early on before you have high levels of prevalence. CDC said this about the flu ages ago before you reach 1% prevalence. Then, yeah, I mean, you could delay it, kill your society and then accomplish nothing but then delaying it. And then you have to face it, face the music with weaker vitamin D, weaker healthcare system, and then you get it. So again, either it worked temporarily or it just wasn't its time. Now, I, the reason why I say the latter option is because I know Poland, they were very against lockdown. So, it, you know, they, they didn't have much to begin with either. So it does tell me it was somewhat regional, too. But anyway, look, I mean, these Eastern European countries, you know, the job of a government is to be very strong in a couple of things. And they're good at that. They're good at immigration. They're good at sovereignty. But they are kind of authoritarian, and we don't want to be like them. So it, it it's really shown. I mean, and they've had very draconian laws. They they also like the Philippines talk about shooting people in some of these countries. And the beauty of of the Czech Republic is that, see, what happens is often you'll have areas where they had a moderate spread, and then it continues to spread or goes up a little bit. So the other side could always say this. 
unverifiable, speculative nonsense. Well, it, it, it would have been worse if we wouldn't have had the mask mandate. Well, no, here it was a flat line at the bottom. They had nothing. And then the last month, they have just went bonkers. I'm talking about some days, eight to 10 fold increases. Like you're talking about 800%, 1000% increases. Um, they now have, it, it's a straight line. No country has experienced this. Um, it, even the US in the worst periods never experienced it. Sweden certainly never experienced it. And then even now it's going up a lot in a lot of countries. But from what I can find, the worst the second and third countries are the Netherlands now and France. They're like four or five hundred cases per hundred thousand. Czech Republic is averaging nine hundred and five per hundred thousand. Much more than Spain, double Spain, triple Spain, double France. It's the worst country. Okay? They they are having the sharpest 14-day rolling average of deaths and cases than has really almost been experienced everywhere. Certainly outside of Latin America, where, you know, Peru and Argentina, which had it bad, they they are now the world's hotspot, the Czech Republic. The Prime Minister, and Andrzej Babis, boasted that his country was, quote, the best in COVID a couple months ago. They had an early mandate. They expanded it to outdoors. It was in place working for ages. Until it didn't work. Until they had the massive spread. Because when it was its time, it was its time. You could dehumanize humans, but it won't stop a virus from being a virus. The results are stunning. This is the refutation to mass mandates you will not hear elsewhere. Our buddy Ian Miller um, made a whole chart of it. Again, this is why we've shown that there is a direct correlation actually with increased spread in areas that had masks. Again, you compare it to Scandinavia, which has no mask wearing. Nowhere near this problem. Nowhere near this problem. Now, President or Prime Minister Babis is like, we don't have time. Numbers are catastrophic and he's building field hospitals. No reference to what happened to the magical mask. USA Today wrote a whole article a couple months ago on how the Czech Republic beat COVID with universal mask wearing. See, this is why they have to censor us. This is why their stuff cannot withstand the scrutiny. Because like, you know, you have uh, this study versus that academic study. People's eyes glaze over. They don't know what to believe. But then you have reality. This is not March where we're like beard stroking. Hmm. Well, does it work? Should we try this? We tried it. It didn't work. They themselves are the ones panicking over this. Now, mind you, let me just say once again that per case, the death per case and death per hospitalization is very low. So I'm not, you know, trying to panic. I'm saying they're the ones panicking, so they can't have it both ways. Panic, but say masks work and we need to wear a mask when you've been wearing the mask long before this spread and it already spread. And what are you going to do about it? That's the reality here. Um, so, so I'm not sure what we can do. 
I don't know what more we can do. If the Czech Republic doesn't prove it, that was their big mass thing. Oh man, the USA Today, they were so into it. How it worked for them. And uh, what was it? It was July 14th. USA Today, how Czech Republic beat COVID-19. Require everyone to wear a mask. Lesson for America. (laughs) And again, like there's this perception because of Trump's rhetoric that somehow America's not doing lockdown, not wearing masks. Like I said, America, I mean, it wasn't like the worst in the world, like the Philippines and, and Eastern Europe and, and, and Latin America. But it was well within the Western European median, if not more than most of those countries, certainly more than Scandinavia, Netherlands, Denmark. And the mask wearing was, has been nearly universal for a while. Again, the only difference is maybe you have rural areas in America that it's not universal, but that's not where most cases are coming from. By definition, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's your mom and pop store in rural America. Maybe half the people won't wear a mask. That's the best you can find now. You go to a Walmart, a food line, any of the big Kroger's, I mean, any, any big place, no matter where they are, it could be in rural America, they're going to make you wear a mask. Very few people are willing to defy that. It's not working at all. But again, the good news is that very few people that aren't, weren't meant to die anyway of that or other causes are dying now. NPR, big article yesterday. Two studies point to big drop in COVID-19 death rates. Two new peer-reviewed studies are showing a sharp drop in mortality among hospitalized COVID-19 patients. The drop is seen in all groups, including older patients and those with underlying conditions, suggesting that physicians are getting better at helping patients survive their illness. Now, let me just say first, most people overwhelmingly get this subclinical. The majority of people get it much more mild than even a flu, which is usually subclinical. But this is Leora Horowitz, no relation to me, from New York University's Grossman School of Medicine. We find that the death rate has gone down substantially. It finds that mortality has dropped among hospitalized patients by 18%. Patients in the study had a 25.6% chance of dying at the start of the pandemic. It's down to 7.6%. And it's getting better. And, um, and that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing. And, um, you know, this is another guy from one of the other studies at Alan Turing Institute in the UK. I would classify this as a silver, silver lining to what has been quite a hard time for many people. Why See, why doesn't this get more widely publicized? Mateen says drops are clear across ages, underlying conditions, and racial groups. Clearly, there's something that's gone on that's improved the risk of individuals who got to these settings with COVID-19. Now, I would say the virus has attenuated. I don't know. But I think that only accounts maybe for 
there's two levels. There's fewer people going to the hospital per case, and there's few deaths per hospitalization. So, I mean, the attenuation is fewer people going to the hospital. Here, they're talking about people going in, and they need intervention, and it's serious, but they're able to turn, turn it around more than they did before. And they're better prepared. Some, but certainly not all the treatments are working. Or like rendezvous, it's been proven it doesn't work. For all that money that's been dumped, hospitals paying $3,000 a pop. But it's getting better. And th- there's a very stark lesson. The media, the panic, the politicians, they're focused so much on what we cannot do at the expense of what we can do. This is biblical. It's a biblical principle, and you shall heal. God always gives us the ability to better treat something, and as time goes on, it gets better, and we see this all the time. But God has yet to give us the wherewithal to arrest the spread of a virus. And this is why the focus needs to be much more on building up your immune system, telling people what to take in terms of vitamin D, vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine, and other things. Not preventing yourself from getting it, but fortifying your immune system so it wards it off better. That's the only real science behind ameliorating COVID deaths. But beyond that, there, it, it, the cake is baked. There's nothing we can do. All we can do is make it worse. And boy, oh boy, are we making it worse in spectacular fashion. I mean spectacular fashion. UK Daily Mail gives a glimpse of what is going on in, um, in the UK from lockdown. Kudos to them. And it's funny, even though Europe is moving back to fascism, but the European media is much more, it's interesting, they're, they're engaging in less censorship and they're willing to criticize masks and lockdowns a lot more than our media. Some of that has to do with the election and Trump and everything. But um, you could find plenty of open source material in the European media, even in the countries that are moving more towards lockdown. A devastating picture of the impact of the lockdown on the nation's health and well-being is today revealed in an exclusive analysis that brings together more than 130 studies. The Daily Mail audit, based on research published by medical journals, leading academics, and charities, shows that the damage inflicted by lockdown extends into every sphere of health, including cancer, heart, addiction, the welfare of children, domestic violence, and mental illness. Experts say the analysis suggests that even after the pandemic ends, it will take years for the NHS to catch up with the backlogs, and it will be too late for tens of thousands of people. Now, let me just say this before I go through some of their data points. I just want to say that, um, you know, yes, this is likely worse in, in the UK than America, but only because they have rationing. I mean, it's lockdown plus socialized medicine. We only have half socialized medicine. Imagine if the left got what they wanted years ago, we'd be just as bad off. It's just because... It's not that it's not that we're not causing the same degree of problems. It's that once you you do, our system could at least ameliorate that a little bit 
and won't have quite as much of a backlog and therefore fewer people will die than in the UK where they have more rationing. But anyway, they have delays in treatment are set to cause a 20% increase in deaths among newly diagnosed cancer patients in England. 6270 excess deaths this year. Remember, in our country, that would be the equivalent of like 30,000. Treatment for strokes fell by 45%. There were more than 2,000 excess deaths from heart disease. More than 50,000 operations for children were canceled. Organ transplants fell by two-thirds, with the number of those who died on the transplant waiting list almost doubling. Total waiting lists for routine orthopedic and eye operations are at record levels. Calls to child abuse helplines rocketed. As rates of depression and anxiety doubled, thousands of recovering alcoholics have relapsed. At least 25,000 more people have died at home during the pandemic in England and Wales because they were unable to or chose not to go to the hospital. A surge of 43.8% on normal levels. And 85,400 people died in private homes rather than in hospitals or care homes between March 20th when lockdown started and September 11th. An officer for National Statistics Report revealed the equivalent of around 100 excess deaths a day. Again, not all of them would have survived, but if you have 85,400 people that died at home rather than in hospitals, that demonstrates a lot of people either couldn't get care or were convinced that it's scarier to go out and risk getting the virus than deal with the illness that or, or injury that that's confronting you that requires emergent care or urgent care. That is a very scary picture. They go on to note that a British medical journal study found that during lockdown, endoscopies for bowel cancer averaged just 12% of normal levels. And at one point, we're down to 5%. Delays in bowel cancer diagnosis are likely to lead to between 650 and 2250 excess deaths. A Lancet study found delays in breast, lung, and esophageal cancer will lead to 2,000 excess deaths. University College London study for the BMJ found that hospital admissions for chemotherapy fell by up to 66% in April, while urgent referrals for early cancer diagnosis were down up to 89%. They said that would lead to 6270 excess deaths. Another BMJ study found that nearly 2,100 excess deaths in England were from heart and stroke. Another Lancet paper discovered the average number of organ transplants fell from 11.6 per day to just 3.1 per day. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And remember, all of these deaths are man-made problems. And I say they're man-made because these are deaths that we have, that God has given us the ability to deal with and we have been dealing with as a baseline until this year. And we chose to turn a blind eye. We traded those in to, even if it saves one life, which we have proven that these draconian measures have yet to show that they save a single life. Literally, you compare Sweden to all the other countries. You know, initially it was thought, well, maybe there were certain countries where lockdowns worked. They kind of had a good result. Whoops, until now. 
Everyone's going to get what they're going to get. The question is, are you going to tell people you're going to get it? You have to assume you're going to get it. Here is the best research on how to treat it at home. Here are the signs to go to the hospital. Here's, you know, and then, and then to give clinicians better guidance in treating it. That's the best you can do. Anything else is a false messiah. And anything you do to sow panic and certainly to directly shut down care is going to kill people. We cannot even begin to imagine the damage we are causing to children. Children, and, and mind you, mind you folks, that the data is in. We have several months of data of daycares and schools being open where they are open. And there is no problem. It's remarkable. It paints a picture of what Iceland discovered back in April when they looked at every genome of and traced every case they had and they failed to find kids spreading it. Kids get it, but at maybe a third to a half of the rate of adults, when they do get it, it's less than you know, flu, strep, ear infections that they typically get. Often it's, it's really nothing. It's asymptomatic. And they don't harm other adults. They don't contribute to community spread. They merely reflect the community spread. They get it from them at lower rates. So opening schools or closing them doesn't make a difference. If anything, the more they're home, the more they're likely to be around adults than kids, the more likely they'll get it. And this was actually found during the Spanish flu and during the 1957 Asian flu. So there's nothing new under the sun. D.A. Henderson pointed that out in several papers he wrote last decade. But we now have the data. The New York Times is shocked. They're, quote, surprised. Wow. Nearly three weeks into the in-person school year, early data from the city is New York City's first effort at targeted testing has shown the opposite. Surprisingly small number of positive cases. So what they're doing is they're random, they're making parents sign these like permission slips to random test their kids. This is what they're doing to kids. When it's not a threat, no problem, they should be testing relatives of nursing home patients so they could go and visit. Instead, they're testing kids where there's no benefit to it, but traumatize them. 16,298 test results. You know what the results are? 20 staff members had it. And just eight, eight positive out of all the randomized results in the entire New York City. Eight. And mind you, I'm sure all those eight barely got anything. And here's the key. New York was kind of dead in terms of the virus over the summer. But in the fall, and this is what Cuomo was complaining and blaming the Jews... It, it is back in certain areas. It's not like what it was before, but it is spreading. So you can't say like, you know, what I'm saying is it's spreading in the community and still the kids aren't getting it. In Brooklyn and Queens, where they have hotspots now, there were just four positives out of 3,300 test results. Even the New York Times was forced to admit the emerging scientific consensus is that younger children do not spread the virus as easily as older children and adults. You could Google it. It's an article, Surprising Results in Initial Virus Testing in New York City Schools from the New York Times. We could have told you that months ago and prevented a generation of kids from losing their social life 
their their just um their education and and look I'd be okay if they're like we weren't sure we were scared but now we're going to open but no Boston announced they're closing schools Fairfax County they want to keep it closed for the remainder of the year they're keeping this going and again in 90% of the places where they're open it's sometimes it's worse than than being closed Meaning at least if you're at home, you're at home. But to be in school in plexiglass and wearing a mask for hours, forget about the physical effects that we're going to discover in the long term. What it does to their immune system, what it does to their lung exfiltration, what it does to cultivating bacteria. But just the mental and emotional well-being that, that this is a life you live in the social interaction, especially for the youngest of kids. I mean, my baby, how is she going to learn a normal life. She went to the pediatrician recently and she was in a horrible mood because it looks like she's getting stranger anxiety, like six, seven months old. So, um, but she was really like screaming even before she got her shots. And uh, my wife felt very bad. She was just kind of in a rotten mood and she would just look at the nurse and just scream. You know, it wasn't like she was doing anything. She just looked at her. And the nurse was like, yeah, it's the stupid mask stuff. We're seeing this all the time. They don't see a human face. There's a human touch. God designed it that way. We are dehumanizing humans under the insane flat earth notion that we could de-virus a virus. But no, you can't stop a virus from being a virus Unfortunately, you can only stop a human from being a human with devastating consequences. So we're still stuck on stupid. This is incontrovertible data. Incontrovertible. Emily Oster, I tried to get her on the program. Maybe I will in the future. She wasn't available this week. Economics professor at Brown University. She created a dashboard of hundreds of participating schools offering in-person classes to share with her their data. She found a rate of just 10 cases per 100,000 among students in October. And the rate is holding steady, even though the community spread is going up in 42 states. And um, so some might say, well, Daniel, I'll tell you why the mask wearing is working. The masks are working, right? That's why kids aren't. So the problem with that is, first of all, well, why would it work with kids, but it's not working everywhere else? So everywhere else, it's not like schools are the only place they're wearing masks. They're wearing it in every store, in every business, in every everywhere. Every interaction where there are people, they're wearing it. So how come adults are getting it? Again, that points to an, inveter- an, an inveterate microbiological phenomenon that kids don't spread, whereas adults do spread it, including spreading it to kids, but kids don't spread it to kids or to adults. And not to mask wearing, because then why why isn't it working elsewhere? So, you know, again, according to Pew, we have 80 to 90% of residents always wearing masks in most parts of the country. And that was as of August, I think, that those numbers have only grown. So, I mean, like we see, the Czech Republic, Argentina, Philippines, Peru... 
Israel, everywhere. It doesn't work. So what, it suddenly works in the schools? I mean, if anything, let's let's face it, kids are the ones that are, um, you know, kids are certainly less prone to properly wearing it and, you know, engaging in proper hygiene. And we have the fewest cases among elementary. It's almost a straight line. You know, just like colleges have more than schools, high schools have more than elementary schools because they have a little bit more of a capacity to spread. Not quite what an adult has, but it's somewhere in the middle. But elementary schools, I mean, are you kidding me? These preschools, these daycares, daycares, they're literally not finding <laughs> cases. <clears throat> so it makes no sense. If anything, they're wearing it less properly than adults would. Moreover, even within the schools, Professor Oster's dashboard shows that the infection rate for staff is 2.5 times higher than for children. So either it works or not. Again, that points to a natural microbiological, immunobiological phenomenon <coughs> that, that adults spread it more. And it demonstrates that it has nothing to do with the schools being open. It's a reflection of the community spread. Because what I found was colleges, colleges, they beat the heck out of those kids. If they don't have their masks on, I mean, that is universal mask wearing in colleges. But it's spreading like wildfire there. Now, again, mind you, no one's going to the hospital. It's nothing. It's stupid. It's a case-demic. But again, it's not stopping the spread. So you have a wild spread with universal mask wearing in colleges, but barely any spread in, in schools and no spread among young children in schools and daycares. What gives? Again, kids don't spread it. It's an immunobiological thing about the virus. It has nothing to do with mask wearing. Clearly, children don't spread the virus. They merely get the virus from their community. And whereas adults in school spread the virus commensurate to the level of community spread, regardless of whether schools are open. Where do you see this point in Wisconsin? I took a look at the Wisconsin data because Wisconsin was the hotspot. Again, Wisconsin is the largest state to have not gotten like any anything. They barely got anything until September. So when the fall wave came, they were the most vulnerable to getting spread because they had the least seroprevalence. And... Um, so they had a big spread. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a look at the schools. And it's unbelievable. You look at Oster's data. The infection rate among Wisconsin children. So it did increase from 14 per 100,000 to 18. A little bit more than other states, which again makes sense. But it didn't go bonkers. Meaning if kids spread to each other, an entire grade would get it. An entire class would get it. It's not like, oh, I find isolated cases here and there. That has nothing to do with schools being open. It's just merely a reflection that at any given moment, if you identify a thousand, a pool of a thousand kids, a certain number will have it from their community, from their parents. You put them in a school, you'll discover them through your testing. But that had nothing to do with opening the school. Now, if you had entire classes and grades getting it, then that would show the school is spreading it, but you're not seeing that. That's not happening. So they had a little bit higher rate because it's spreading much more in Wisconsin than other places, or at least in September into October. I think by now it's they peaked. But guess what? Among the staff, the rate increased from September to October from 29 to 84. It almost tripled. Because again, that has nothing to do with the schools. It's a reflection of adults 
in Wisconsin. That's that was their big wave. They got their big wave in September and October. So this whole thing of mask wearing is a lie, of locking down schools is a lie, of locking down all of us is a lie. The virus does what the virus does. This, folks, is the speech the president needs to give. This is the data he needs to present. He should do like what Ross Perot did with his, when he used to buy airtime in 1992 when he ran for office. He should go ahead in the Oval Office, and give a speech on this. Now, I didn't yet give you the speech you should give on crime. That's the other big issue, but that's obvious. That is completely obvious. That's the story here, folks. By the way, I want to say one more thing about mask wearing. There is a new study out that is very important. It is in Science Direct, and it's done by a couple of um, researchers here, Chinese researchers. Now, again, you'll roll your eyes and say China, but again, remember, China is making a killing off of masks. So, I mean, a pro-mask study from China is going to be more suspect than an anti-mask because it's against the government's interest. But what they study is something interesting. That what happens with the three-ply structures and this woven fabric, what happens to your breathing when you, in, when you inhale these fibers that are put on your, your... God made your nose and your lungs and your mouth to be clear. Not to have a gag on it. And what they wanted, and what they're saying is there is reason to be concerned. And basically, their point is they're just saying this needs to be studied of swallowing and inhaling particles and fragments from the mask, the microfibers, which are plastic, that's not healthy to inhale. What is the effect of that? You know? An initial screening as an initial screening materials showing visible signs of shedding should be avoided when making face masks. They notice like with all these, you know, cloth things, they make them, they cut them, they use scissors. You cut fi- fibers with a scissors, you're I mean you got to watch out with that. And again, the more homemade it is, which is where people are moving towards because they're more comfortable, the more problems you're going to have. I mean, it, it amazes me how the, 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 you're considered a criminal if you point this out. They'll, they'll censor you. They'll lock you down. Shut up. You're like a Nazi for saying a word that's bad about the holy mask. But like, while there's no evidence of any mask working even in a clinical setting, and in fact, there's studies that show worse results with surgeries among those who wear masks. It's a very interesting study. But even if you could find some superficial conflicting garbage the upper bounds of that you will find among N95s or surgical masks in a clinical setting. But everyone, everyone agrees, there's no disagreement, that there are serious problems with civilians and especially children wearing and reusing cloth masks. That is 
even in their studies, that the same ones often that they'll like, oh, there's some efficacy of whatever, which which are they're bogus, and we could go through why they're bogus. Th- those same things show the cloth masks and the reusing are a problem. It's only predicated on wearing them properly. You know how many times I've gotten it? I've heard other people. My father was once coughing around. I was like, what, what's with your cough? You have COVID or something? He was like, no, I, I got some pieces of those, you know, the surgical masks um, stuck in my mouth. But remember, the microfibers you're likely swallowing and you don't realize it. Again, th- th- there's, there's nothing like, oh, nothing to see here. Shut up. If we're going to do this long term, you know, not just, okay, you come to a doctor's office, you come to um, mass transit, but everywhere and for a long period of time and some people, their entire workday and for school children, the entire school day, we better study this. I mean, they're the ones who are anti-science. They're doing novel things that prima facie have problems that we've known to have problems that common sense dictate are going to create problems. Again, don't exaggerate my point of view. I'm not saying you're going to drop dead of hypoxia immediately. That's obviously not, not, not happening. Now, partly why that's not a problem is because it works inversely to the efficacy. You'll you'll start to have hypoxia if you truly had an effect an effective PPE, right? Because it basically chokes off your breathing. But if it doesn't, that means it's bogus. It doesn't work. It's it's comfy. Okay, it's comfy. But then you're gonna have other problems. They note that while the virus still looms in our communities, wearing respiratory protection could become a norm for many in their daily life and work. Respirable hazards such as microplastics present pr- present in, the, in, in these may escalate from once an occupational hazard to a public health issue. As a, as a quickly expanding research domain, researchers studying the inhalation of microplastics through atmospheric or anthropogenic sources are now facing the reality that there is a piece of plastic garment on the top of the mouth and nose for millions of people every day. And and, and that's the thing. There, there is a need to look into this, and they give some parameters of how to do a study on this. Why is it that you're not allowed to even study this? Well... As the Danish researcher for the mass study that evidently was already completed but hasn't been published for three months, as he told Alex Berenson, we're waiting for a journal to be brave enough to publish it. Because these bastards are cowards. They cannot sustain themselves in, an, in, a, in a protracted, elongated debate over facts. That is what Trump needs to do during the debate, a debate on facts. Stay away from the ad hominems. Don't accentuate what people dislike about your personality. Accentuate what people dislike about left-wing policies. If it's about policy, he'll win. If it's about personality, he'll lose. It's that simple. Again, a lot more I left on the table. There's more news in the courts I hope to get to tomorrow. Send me your comments, questions, and concerns at dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Join us on Facebook at Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary and our private page, Minimum Speakeasy. Tweet at me at Arm and Conservative. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.